Hello and welcome to another episode of the St. George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George, the Martin Kales River. It is the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. The theme my co-host, the Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman, has extracted is the joy of salvation causes rejoicing in the riches of forgiveness. Forgiveness, the purpose of salvation. That is kind of like the, the summary of, of that theme. And then there's a couple of quotes here. And I, I understand the angle he was trying to take it, but I was doing some some research on on our dear on our dear prophet um, Habakkuk, and there's there's not a lot about this dude. He's one of the twelve minor prophets. He shared across um, Judaism, uh, Islam, and Christianity. But I mean, Islam and Christianity. Christianity are like derivative religions, if you think about it that way. So the information flows from the Hebrews and then it informs everything else. Um, so if they get it wrong, everyone gets it wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the conversation, Father. How are you doing today? Good day, Lindsay, and all those who have tuned in. Thank you very much for joining us. Now I'm doing very well today. Just got a very busy schedule, as I shared with Lindsay earlier on this week. It's been quite challenging. Um, for three deaths that one has to deal with, and another person who is possibly lying on his deathbed. Mm. So it's been very challenging um, uh, in terms of that. But otherwise, I mean, amidst all of the thorny issues of life, including death. There are the rose petals we can smell and, and, and enjoy. And I trust that you are doing better too. Ah, yes. Uh, uh, the rose petals you mentioned, it is springtime. Um, it is allergy season. Um, my three dogs are shedding like crazy. Um, there's a jasmine bush in full bloom outside our, our kitchen door, outside the back door. Um, that my family refuses to let me uproot because it's been around here longer than I have, apparently. <laughs> and I must now suffer under the consequences of, of legacy, um, which is kind of the theme that <laughs> I'm going with for this week. Uh, because, like, you have a problematic prophet like, like Habakkuk, but he introduces an important um, kind of thought uh, in an argument, a rhetoric, where he starts asking um and this is Habakkuk chapter one i mean book one or chapter one verses one to four and chapter two verses one to four but in chapter one he rolls oh lord how long must i call for help before you listen before you save us from violence why do you make me see such trouble how can you stand to look on such wrongdoing destruction and violence are all around me and there is fighting and quarreling everywhere. The law is weak and useless, and justice is never done. Evil people get the better of the righteous, and so justice is perverted. This is kind of revolutionary um, in the context of, I mean, this comes after Jeremiah. Like, you, you assume, what I could find in my research is that like he's placed somewhere around the time of, of Jeremiah just because of like the things that is ascribed to him, um, like prophesying. Just uh, as, a, as a reminder, I am an agnostic and my prophets don't prophesy. Um, <laughs> um, 
I've never understood this 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 need for people to know the future, you know, when like living right now is important. But then this guy like grounds us in the moment. Everything's going wrong um, in in Jerusalem at the time, and he's like, "Yo, I'm supposed to be praying to this God, but this God is like just standing on the side and just letting everything happen. How can this be?" Uh, important message for our times, won't you? Won't you agree? Absolutely, and I think that uh, again here, um, uh, if we're looking for any form of perfection in Scripture, uh, we don't see it. But what we do find, um, what I find, I'm let me say, I find um, that there's an honesty about our struggle to understand how God works, how God is present to present to us. It is in um, it is in the story of history, and then uh, when we look for it in our own lives, there are are things we can perhaps identify as certainly on my own. I would not have come through this um, um, having called that. So this was a, again a, a petitioning plea for God to to act and. Does it not take us back to our own struggle times when uh, the prophets of our liberation struggle were also uh, crying out for this? And uh, not just in prayer, but in prophetic speech, um, uh, making uh, their message an inclusive message for all to be liberated and and so so they dug deep into the prophetic tradition um deep into salvation history as recorded in scripture and and to be able to stand what people call in the gap um uh, mediating on behalf of the context and the people in it for God to act because we are powerless against uh, systems that uh, are placed there and they survive because they are they, they violently protect those systems. Um, and the means of protecting that system means that there are going to be people who will suffer very bad. So how not even the law it would seem uh, the law of not just the written law, laws that people write for their own use, but but the reason, law of the law of reason, the law of common sense. When when um, when we when we see or experience in our own lives people oppressing others, uh, people uh, greed becoming the source of poverty. So what are we meant to do? What, what, are, what, are, what is available to us, as it were, to cry out, to speak out, to appeal to, to petition um, God, the God of our creation, the God of our salvation? Um, and so, yes, and I believe we go throughout of history, there, this role has been, Oh, this gap, people have stood up in this gap 
and in the future it will probably be an ongoing thing where you're going to have to have somebody bold enough, foolish enough, realistic enough to play this role that Habakkuk played. As obscure as his history is, as obscure as his origins are, his voice is critical. Mm. But that is very problematic because, again, we now don't know where this dude comes from. And he's introducing some, some important rhetoric, so, so we'll give him that. Uh, like, for me, this could be, from my, my critical mind, my first question is, because I'm always like kind of seeking the truth, the objective truth in something, is like, is this a scribe at the time who's like, yo, I just want to introduce this idea? Because then the Lord gives an answer, apparently. And he's like, write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you so it can be read at a glance. Put it in writing because it's not yet time for it to come through. Well, this sounds quite contrite, like not after all the, the, I couldn't find like an original um, transcription and, and translation of this. Uh, so I'm, I'm left with, with what we have here. Uh, it seems slow in coming, but wait for it. It will certainly take place. It will not be delayed. And this is the message. Those who are evil will not survive. Those who are righteous will live because they are faithful to God. So now it's like, now you have this idea of righteousness. So we discussed righteous judgment last week, right? So righteous living is this week <laughs> because, yeah. Um, are you living righteously, you as a Christian, because you fear the consequences of being unfaithful to God or being seen as unfaithful to God? And are the people, are the people, not because they are the people who live righteously in accordance with harmony with their fellow man who do not believe in God or do not believe in the same God that you do. Are they also up for salvation? Like, why is there always the qualifier of being faithful to God? Why is that? If you are only love, if you can be honest with yourself, and I'm asking this to the listeners and to everybody, if you can be honest with yourself as a Christian, are there things that you are not doing because you fear God? Is that the only thing keeping you on the right path? <laughs> uh, you know, one one of the one of the things about being older, as Bishop Charles used to teach me, uh-huh. when I raised issues, he said, "Ja, maar jaren geleden toen ik jong was, ik het ik zelf goed te gezien, zelf goed te So, so we are people of our own time. Now, one yeah. of the things that I find interesting about what you just ask is this: when somebody espouses a quality such as living righteously. Yeah. Living in a right relationship, a good relationship with with others, Mm. 
uh, and with creation. Let's 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 leave, for example, that um, the person doesn't want to believe in God, but the person's choosing to do good to others. The church person is choosing to do good, maybe not based on faith in the being of God, but but embracing the the attribute, the idea of um, the value of of righteousness. Um, when you were speaking, one of the things that came to my mind was when Jesus was asked by his disciples, look, there's some guys that are casting out demons in your name, but they're not one of the 12 currently. And Jesus says, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't cast them away. They have an important role to play. Yeah. I have people that are not part of this group, but that are part of, of you know, that are that still believing. So do people act righteously because they believe? in a being or in the attribute, in the value of, of righteousness. Now, is righteousness just plucked from the air somewhere? Is it an idea that formulates? Are there examples in uh, our, our observations uh, that would say, ah, that's what righteousness looks like, therefore I'm going to follow that quality? How do we discover this, this quality? Is it a quality within ourselves that, you know, is 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 nurtured, planted and nurtured, or just nurtured because it's already planted uh, in terms of creation as human beings by family. Um, how how does a sense of righteousness grow within a young a young person? What what are you and I doing as parents, and what did our parents do that made? And I look at my dad. Do I see an example of a person? who lived right with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, sometimes I go back in my mind um, um, and say, you know, I didn't give him enough credit when he was alive on this earth that he actually did set an example of right living because I can look back and say, that example influenced my life. Mm-hmm. That example taught me something. Um, perfection, no, but taught me that there is a value that I must nurture, grow, and take responsibility to grow when I'm older, um, that I would like to espouse. Now, is it based on my faith in God, therefore I'm righteous, or is it based on the fact that I don't need faith in God, but that there's still this quality within me? Does this quality reveal God to me? Mm -hmm. Um, Or can I go without faith, but still live righteously, and, um, and, and therefore I'm, I'm justified in, in, in seeking the, the righteous path. So that's a very interesting point to make, and I certainly don't believe God will judge a person um, who seeks to live righteously, but perhaps haven't come to the idea of this perhaps being an attribute of the divine, and, and that's why I'm following it. So I've, uh, it's, it's, it's one way in which the divine has revealed himself. And all of those kinds of stuff, which for me would be important as well, because it, 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 it does, does um, will, will, and, I, and this is what I, what I understand as I read this, um, that, that God does not reject a person who is seeking to live righteously, even though the person may not have faith. But God sees that desire to live righteously as an act of faith. 
Mm. Um, so righteousness for me is is a judgment call, right? Because you go into different times in history and righteousness looks differently. Yeah. Before 1990, fraternizing across racial lines was unrighteous in our country, considered by some people, by most people, both sides of, 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 the, of the divide. Um, because either you were a traitor to your people or you were a traitor to your people. <laughs> you know, there was, there was no yes. gray area. Um, and then you get like righteous revolutionaries uh, was within that. You, you get the Steve Beacons, you get the, the, the thought leaders who are kind of putting us on the righteous path where it's like everybody has access to this life. Um, and, and like this also leads into, into the Paul <laughs> reading this week, which is uh, uh, second letter to the Thessalonians, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and verses 11 to 12. Um, verse 11 is, gets wild. That is why we always pray for you. We ask our God to make you worthy of the life he has called you to live. May he fulfill by his power all your desire for goodness and complete your work of faith. So it's like, you've been called to live a life, but now you must be made worthy of living this life. And it's like, no, dude, <laughs> chill, like, take that, that qualification out, out of this. We like if you live on this world, you and 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 I'm speaking quite frankly now. Actually, um, no, no matter what you are going through, no matter how inadequate you may feel at any time in your life, you exist on this planet. You have every right to be here, even in your personal life, in your professional life. If you are in a situation circumstances have conspired to put you there and you deserve to be there there is no time that you are undeserving you know unless you've really done some shady things to get to where you are uh but that i mean that's your problem man <laughs> that's 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 for your guilt and your regrets and all of that sort of thing that's that that is a reflection of, of, of your idea of righteousness. And everyone's idea, will, it's, a, it's a subjective thing. Um, I try and teach my children, or at least uh, Monique tries to teach the children, that they must always be kind. I put a qualification on that kindness, though, <laughs> because I've been hardened by it by the world, where it's like you treat people the way you want to be treated. And if they don't reciprocate the same, you carry on with your life. You know, that, that's their thing. You leave them to flounder. You you take away their power over your life by just carrying on <laughs> and leaving. If You know, if you want to be there and I need to be at the next station, like, dude, you do you. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by those words from your favorite author, uh, St. Paul. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the word life and call, call, mm. call to live. Maybe because I take seriously um, the understanding for me that through creation, I'm called to be on this earth. There mm -hmm. is for me a divine reason and purpose why, why I am here, even though 
and 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 I'm going to take more than a lifetime to understand what all of that is. Yeah. But it it did did get me to think. And yeah. And, and 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 of course, when when I'm called to to live this life, so from my conception to my birth and my growing up formative years, my parents and the community around me, be church, school, and where I lived, played a role in nurturing me in 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 teaching me how to live this life mm-hmm. um, in my context of the glory of God and for the benefit of my fellow human being, for the common good. I love that word, for the common good, because mm-hmm. it includes me. It's not just me ensuring others have a better life. It's for the common good. So everybody shares in it. So, so, so that way I was. I mean, we hear the 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 the, the those things that says that boy seems to have gone off the rails, doing all kinds of mischievous stuff, hurtful things to himself and to others. Mm-hmm. Is he not pulling his family name through the mud? He comes from such a good family background. Yeah. Uh, you know the, that kind of narrative is out there. Yeah. When people reflect on somebody whose life seemed to have gone twisted. So, so here I am. I'm, I need to be taught how to live. Mm-hmm. I've been taught uh, values. I've been taught by example. You know, the baptism thing when we tell parents, will you by your life, your teaching and your prayer raise these children that you are given, that you've brought for baptism? So the role of the wider community um, fostering, growing, nurturing the person whom I am growing to become. And that still is a mystery as I go along every day. I discover in relation, like Desmond Tutu's words, I am me because you are you. So until mm. I can embrace you, I will not really be able to embrace me. So so now I'm, I'm and 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 just want to add this also. You know, when when this sense of call to to the priesthood, um, that that idea came into my mind with, with not necessarily with the same rhetoric, the words around it. It was identified by people outside of myself, the community I was living and working in, said that's where you ought to be. And I would say, you know, I mean, I couldn't even understand that. So I go. And the first thing they tell me to do now, I've been in on on in the let's say I was in the prayer circles, right? And they saw what was going on. Then the next step in their mind was I need to now go and become a parish worker. So I need to go and work alongside a priest who will then be able there, that context will help me to understand what the life of a priest is. Now, what is the word worthy then? Mm. Is the word worthy in such a way that it's about my training, the nurturing into that way of life, into that way of living, um, teaching me about my responses, teaching me about the discipline, teaching me about the rule of life. You know, all of these things that every one of us practice, like in your, in your work as a journalist, there's certain things you need to be groomed in. Yeah. Um, but it's beyond just receiving yeah. the degree or the diploma. It is the people that you associate with, it's the people that you're talking to um, that is constantly growing you uh, as a journalist worthy 
of his, his calling. So that's how I understand that, um, that it's not just um, a, a thing that I will grow into naturally. It is, it is the environment within the wider environment, including God, that enables me to, to get there. But there is, um, there is a sense which I rebel against this. There's a sense that I, uh, you know, I did it my way, says Frank Sinatra. I'm very fascinated mm -hmm. when some people play that at a funeral uh, to celebrate the person's life. <laughs> but yes, there is also, at the end of the day, my way, because I have to make the choices to develop a life that will be of benefit to others. You spoke earlier before you switched on, you used the word legacy. Yeah. As I'm living, I'm already leaving tenants of my legacy. Mm -hmm. When I die, people will then reflect back and say, well, well here is somebody we can still continue to learn from, mm -hmm. reflect upon. Um, not perfect, but there are things that made us understand this was a life given to the service of others for the, for the benefit of others and mm -hmm. to the glory of God. So that's how I would interpret that, that part of Paul's thinking. And for me, God has a hand in all of that. Mm. I see. Um, I, I woke up this morning, actually, <laughs> with the mood to, to, to challenge you to take God out of all of these situations. Uh, because uh, so this was my thinking, right? Like I, I was, I was going through our, our, our dear, our dear prophet, the, the, my prophet that we read from earlier, just trying to find something, and I was so frustrated by the lack of information out there, but the weight of the weight that is put on what the words that are ascribed to him. And then it got me thinking, and 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 I think I'm I'm also in this mood because of like everything that's happening with Kanye West right now, um, <laughs> because uh, like we need to be able to live in a world where we can tolerate and open up a dialogue when somebody says something controversial, because. Like with, with with his situation, obviously, what he said about going DEFCON three on Jews is anti-Semitic. Obviously, just by the mere definition of anti-Semitism, obviously. But why is he? I didn't get the last part. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, what? Okay, I hear you now. Why is he? I hear you now. Like. Like, what has happened? How has his career, how has his personal life been influenced to get him to a point where he's, like, saying anti-Semitic things? And there's a lot of frustration in there. And, like, my frustration in, in, in my research with this was, like, my people, and, and I, I also uh, blame this on, I was watching Steinheist. I watched the first episode. Amazing, absolutely amazing documentary. Um, full kudos to the people who put it together, um, talking about the whole Steinhoff and Marcus Euster kind of collapse and stuff. It, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and 
I was, that reminded me of like the generational trauma that like my people, like people of color have experienced. And then you get forced upon you outside of your culture, outside of your, your, your Genesis culture. This book, this Bible that has been compiled by hundreds of people, right, has been edited thousands of times, translated, um, adjusted for tone and for message and for like all those things. And now you get put under the boot of this thing because this is now the unerring word of God. And it's like, <laughs> yo, if this is the unerring word of God, why don't you even know who wrote this thing? Like this one little thingy that you inputting your that you've now carried over three like major Abrahamic religions. Like, why is there still conflict there? But you've passed this down as law upon me. You've come into this country that you are not from, bearing guns, and forced this thing onto me. For what reason? What is the reason that you have done this? And, and, I I I lived in in that feeling for most of this morning, and it brings me to this moment where it's like the gospel according to Luke, chapter nineteen, verses one to ten. Zacchaeus and the sycamore tree. We all know the story. Tax collector dude up in the tree wants to reach out to Jesus. Jesus is like, yo, I'm coming for supper at your place. And everyone's like, oh my goodness, he's going to the house of a dirty tax collector. And this again, I asked my, my daughter because she's having some problems at school with a very staunch Christian. I was like, just go ask her, give you one, just one passage where Jesus actively discriminates against somebody, like for any reason. <laughs> and like, don't come with the time he chased the people out of the synagogue because that was more a thing about him and his ideas of his father's house than it was about the people being there. It was what the people were doing in the house. It wasn't about the actual things that they were doing, like if you can understand that. And then it's like, so Zacchaeus now completely repents and he's like, yo, I'm going to give back all the money I've stolen. I'm going to like give half of my stuff to like the poor people and all the stuff. And everyone I've defrauded will get their comeuppance. And then Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. And many people forget that thing. Where it's like, if you buy into everything about Christianity, you need to understand that everybody is <laughs> weirdly, inherently Christian, um, or at least has access to the salvation. Uh, and, and we say this every week, and it's like, how, how do we have this knowledge of this book, from this book that has been forced upon us, that we've now internalized, we've made it part of our humanity, like on an existential level, we've absorbed this message, and we still forget that we need to make room for everybody in the world. Well, you know, you, you, in order to discover the values of journalism, your textbooks were prescribed. Mm -hmm. That's forced upon you, not by, you didn't choose by choice because you were still in the learning. 
Whether you still make reference to those authors today, I don't know. But There's only one but, book that we make reference to, and that is um, The Elements of Style by Strunk and White. <laughs> <laughs> and yet your professors had to read long and wide in order for us to, in order for you to capture a little bit of the wider field, uh, a broad uh, worldviews of what journalism is and what the impact therefore can be positively for those who hear, because the understanding is people want to hear, people are about story. Mm. Um, and that's why history is so important. Um, the, 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 it's made available, you choose to whether you want to embrace it or not, but there is an element in the world right now uh, that seems to come from my argument, the evangelical section or, or this Christian national thought idea of being mm. Uh, that the world must be Christian. Well, the, 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 for me, the story of Scripture is God so loved the world. Now, does God so love the world that he gave his only begotten son so that all will come to faith in him and, and therefore be Christian? So in order to, 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 to do that, to do that, when, 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 when the Samaritan woman and Jesus were encountered each other, did Jesus force her to become a Jew? Mm-hmm. Or what was, he, what was he leaving with? Did he ask her to move out of wherever she was? So in other words, uh, he was the lived message and the shared message, not a forced message. The proponents or certain proponents of the Christian message or of the Bible message was to use it as a tool to, uh, and, and totally, I mean, like the Crusades, the 12 Crusades forced people to believe in a particular way. Mm-hmm. We ourselves here in South Africa, um, there was a time, there was a, there was a part of our, of, our, of our history where people were forced into um, reading scripture, but they're not even reading scripture as those who are children of God, but because of the color of their skin, mm-hmm. they are read as stepchildren of God, if at all any children of God, because um, some were taught to read the gospel readers, not just as the gospel according to St. Luke, the gospel according to Bas Luke, with some <laughs> of the stuff that was done. I mean, I, I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> So, so, so uh, the Christian message is a message of, of that's a lived faith uh, based on the fact that God so loved the world. Um, and we then share it by our living. But how do we speak the message? If this message is, and this is where I, I have the issue, you talked about the inerrant in word. Mm. That I talk about the inspired message. Mm. Inerrancy does not lead to life. Inerrancy is the di- dictatorial view of law. Um, it, it is almost an absolutism. Whereas God is mystery and, and the message is inspirational. So it draws me into the story. And scriptures, and, and scripture is for me to be understood. I, I become part of that story so that I can gain the value of what has happened in history at a particular time. So when I listen to the narratives as I engage them, I'm drawn into it. 
I'm interested about it. The narrative is not perfect. It's, I mean, a man sitting in a tree because he wanted to hear what the speaker was saying, given that he had a disability of a Cat Williams syndrome, of being too small, <laughs> that he sat in the tree, <laughs> that he then uh, heard this message was pointed out in no other way as saying, okay, man, will you open your door to me today uh, that I can come there? And, and how did Jesus help to make him rethink where he was going to with his life? Did it force it upon him or did he just engage him? Did he just, um, I mean, one of the things that that um, comes out of this story is about hospitality. And hospitality was key uh, uh, in the Mediterranean climate at, at, the, at those times and that mindset. So, yes, I, I, and yet again, Jesus said today salvation has come to this house. Did it come by a sword? Did it come by force? Or did it come just by presence, acceptability, um, and and a message of, 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 of challenge? So, so, so I think when you try to force something like they are trying to do in the Christian circles these days, then I believe it is because you're not sure of your own message. Hmm. Um, you don't trust the God who says, I love you. Because you see, that almost seems to be like without condition. Now, we've got to make a condition mm-hmm. in order for people to accept this Christian faith of whatever we believe. God is bigger than the Christian faith. Christian faith is part of, but not. it's not the be all and in all. If that is the, the case then we've dispensed of God. God may, 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 may be celebrated as the center of this faith, but the faith does not usurp who God is. The faith lives who God is. And what God says in a loving, reconciling way, if it is true that our catechism has got it, um, um, there's, a, there's a way in which it, 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 it's pointing in the right way. So I'm, I'm trying to avoid saying it's spot on. It's pointing in the right way. It says the church is the community of the new covenant, this new relationship with God in Jesus Christ. Now, what's the mission of that new, the community of the new covenant? And this is the words our catechism says, to restore all people back to God through Jesus Christ. Uh, restore people back to God and to each other through Jesus Christ. Now, what is the process of that? How is those things pursued? And then it gives you a, a litany of, of, you know, worship and all of those kind of things. But it's never and can never be forced. It always has to be hospitable. It always has to be, um, it's got to be prophetic but prophetic in, in a non-judgment way. It is calling people into a living uh, faith, not calling people by force to believe in certain tenets that we think uh, would work to salvation. How did salvation come to this house? Is the question we need to ask when we think of um, Christians supporting Mr. Putin to to bully the Ukrainians. I'm not saying the Ukrainians are perfect and did nothing wrong or whatever it is, but 
from my standpoint of view, you know, we have to be very cautious that as Christians, we are not deluding ourselves by thinking we have it all. Now, I just want to go back there for based on what I've said to you. Um, how does a brother like Kanye West um, look at a people called the, the Jewish people and therefore he's called anti-Semitic? You know, isn't it interesting how easily we generalize a person's actions? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, 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 Lindsay is like that because he is a so-called South African. So, so now we blame the nation for the brother who stepped out of sync or was extended. We, and this is the thing that I clearly seem to hear undergirding this, and it happens in the church. Somebody may come out publicly about something, but I don't always know the background to what was the manipulating forces at the background that made a person say things like that. When you think of the music business, there are people, as far as I remember, the Jew Jew boys knows how to make money, music Mm -hmm. became an issue. Now, there is going to be manipulation. There will be greed and all of those things, but then deal with the people that you know did that. You can't judge a whole nation uh, of people and then con- condemn them in a particular way. Because then the other thing is, he was saying it alongside what Mr. Trump was saying. Mm. And, and, and so now you see you have this rhetoric out there that is warlike. It's almost mm. warmongering. But right at that same time you hear into, in, that, in that circle, so-called Christians, also seeming to speak in the same way. And then you ask yourself, are they bringing credit to, or are they, by virtue of their actions and their words, are they discrediting the message that God so loved the world Mm. that he gave? And so for me, um, yes, all of us say things. All of us, we we are influenced by our environment and you know we tend to we tend to trust people when they say certain things but when we really sit down and think about and contemplate deeply how does that improve the world and make it a better place Mm. so on Sunday for example I was I was preaching um, sharing a message at the matric service, which was different to the message I preached in the 730. Because there were certain symbols that was that was used um, to celebrate matric, uh, the matric year, a candle, a Bible, a blazer, and a globe of the world. Mm. And I I saw in this a very important message. The globe of the world represents people. The world, in many, many cases, is a dark place. Well, how could your passing the trick, getting a career, help that world become a better place from where you are? Now, the world that I chose was the Bucky that we baptize people in and 
the shape of it <laughs> made it look like a little bit of a globe. And then I, then I focused on baptism, the Christ light that we receive, uh, the, 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 the blazer, as Paul says, when baptized, you're clothed with Christ, so to speak. And then there's the Bible that does give us, and in the text of Thessalonians was, kind of a rule of life, a code of ethic to live by, and then the gospel was following Jesus. So that through all of that, whatever career you choose, how are you going to make a, the world a better place uh, for you and for me and the entire human race? <laughs> how does that which you do bring glory to God? So how does Kanya's words help improve the world? Does it mean the world must become jewelous in order for it to be a better place? Um, and that's what I'm, I battle with when I think of how easily we spout words of condemnation. Mm. I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but it, it's, a, it's again, it's like the, the conversation is a little bit more nuanced than that. Like if, if, we are, if we are so quick to jump to like, the dictionary definition of like anti-Semitism. And yes, um, his platform does uh, contribute to emboldening like a whole host of people who have these destructive thoughts in their hearts and are willing to act out on it and now feel um, like they've been given legitimacy. They feel like they have license to to act out their, their most deepest, darkest desires. Um, but I, I don't think anyone's been killed yet. Um, but it's important to like note then to to focus in exactly on the words on the words that he said and and I'm sorry for for um, I I cannot be objective when it comes to to Kanye West he has contributed more value to my personal life and my self confidence and my my existence um, than than a lot of other people so he's he's one of my prophets that do not prophesy <laughs> you know it's in you. <laughs> into situations, into mental uh, situations that, that I often find myself in and given me um, uh, tools to, to navigate through that. Uh, so what he said was, I'm going to go DEFCON 3 on these Jews. So it's, he's referring not to the Jews as like a general kind of article. It's like these, like it's a specific group of people. So obviously people who have, who he feels are standing in the way of, of his personal success, of him scaling whatever opportunity um, to, to, to the, the platform that he actually wants to reach. Um, so be it in the music industry, be it in the fashion industry, be it in business, whatever, um, there's a specific group of people and they just happen to be used. Um, yeah, I, I don't like to dwell on like the, anti I don't for any one second believe that, that he is actively like, anti-Semitic. Um, I, he's also come out and, and, Kind of tried to qualify what he said, uh, but what what doesn't sit right with me is is like the goodwill that has run out on Kanye West because of like years and years and years of like dumb things that he said. Like I got to a point where like as a fan, um, I, I don't even defend him anymore because I separate him from his art. Uh, but but this was like a moment where it's like actually. Now there's people like coming at me personally because they know I'm a Kanye West fan and they want me to say something um, about this. And I'm, it's like I'm not going to condemn the man, you know? Like, yes. until he's, he's, he's committed an actual crime. Like, like R. Kelly used his fame 
as a weapon and entrapped young girls um, in very harmful situations actually committed a crime. Um, Madeline Manson, another one of, of someone who helped me through some very dark times in my adolescence, whose music spoke to me. I don't, I've purged it from my, from my, my library at the moment because he um, entrapped a woman and caused actual harm to another human being, like physical, like broke a law, you know? Um, and, and I don't stand with that. Um, but yeah, like there's, there's nuance to, to all kinds of conversations. And it's important to, to remember that you are a human always first. And a lot of what Jesus speaks, this is why I, I do not mind. I'm happy for my children to, to be immersed in, in the philosophy of Jesus, in the idea of Christianity that places Jesus's message and teachings at its center, is that, you know, there's room for everybody. <laughs> you know, like we we need to we need to understand that everyone is not the same. Everyone does not think the same. Everyone does not need to be forced to conform. You know, and that's why I'll always be on on the periphery of of, of society because and my legacy will always be tarnished because I'm I'm willing to to step into that controversy and say, you know what. What what's the human response here? Not 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 what is the cultural response? What is the religious response? What is what is the human response? So let me then take you back. Then you are like a Habakkuk. <laughs> when when addressing the issues of violence and the issues that could cause violence. Are you only addressing that message to God? Or is your message also to those who are engaged in such kind of destructive behaviorism? That would so 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 out of Kanye West and all these other people along the good can come and has come and does come. But there's times when we do things that would and say things that would say. Where are you going to with all of this? Yeah. So, so, so you are a necessary voice that would not just address God as Habakkuk did about the issues that people were suffering under, but you also the one who would say, as I raise these issues, so I'm speaking to the context, to all involved in the context, giving hope to the voiceless who cannot say anything about um the issues like how many I, mean, I don't i didn't follow it all but how many of those young ladies that r kelly had done what they did had a voice the only thing we hear majorly about those circumstances was his name hmm. his name in his name so the story is all about him but he's famous he's wealthy um but the, 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 those poor women are still voiceless somebody needs to speak out about um the violence that was caused against them now that brings me to a nameless or not a nameless a a a a, a um what you call a bio, bio, biographical um uh, shallowness about who the habakkuk person is and you stand in that gap when you speak what you speak when you challenge what you challenge you giving voice 
to the voices. And is that not our purpose? Uh, Jesus stood up for Zacchaeus, uh, giving him a sense of hope when others could have said, as they did, why is he going to the home of a sinner? Uh, as if he's written off completely. Jesus comes to give him hope. So you also are a Habakkuk. Wow. <laughs> I, I, my ego wants to respond to that, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to suppress it. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> Uh, because yeah, I, I attach I attach my name to to many of the things that I do as as far as possible, so that I will always be able like I'm easily Googleable. So you'll find your your biography. I, I don't shy away from things. I don't I don't I don't run away from accountability. That's yeah, and yeah, I, I don't know if that was my ego speaking or if that was just like <laughs> so, you now, know, human. I, I, I value that, I mean, that you say that. Um, I think that sort of uh, is, the, is the kind of action uh, that's also very much in the Habakkuk mold. I will climb my watchtower and wait to see. I'm an active observant of life um, so that I can listen and I can be the opinion guy, share my views that will hopefully be inspirational to others to live righteously, <laughs> a life worthy of the call. I don't even know what to say, but I'm going to say thank you very much for listening and that the, the choice passages that we have reflected on are in the podcast description. And I will speak to you next week. Can I just say, I didn't speak to the eagle. I spoke to my brother, Lindsay. Yes. Bless you. Have a lovely night. And greetings to the family too. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>